The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer of the podcast. Today's episode is episode number 270. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating so that Google will find us when people search for podcasts on addiction. Also, please go to our YouTube channel if you, re- if you like watching videos and subscribe to our channel there and give us a thumbs up on our videos. Click the bell so that you will get reminded every time we have a new episode. Today's episode is an interview with a lady named Ashley Nowakowski. She was born in southern Wisconsin. She grew up with a sibling who struggled with substances, and that created kind of a stressful household, if you will. Once her brother found recovery, Ashley created a nonprofit called Your Choice to Live, Inc., and it specializes in drug and alcohol prevention education. So that's a great thing. We always talk a lot about how prevention is the first line of defense in this um, addiction pandemic. So let's talk to Ashley Nowakowski. Ashley Nowakowski, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast today and sharing the story of your family. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, like, where did you grow up? Um, What was your family life like? And what led you into this whole unfortunate world of addiction? Sure. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, um, central Wisconsin. We lived in the suburbs. I uh, have one sibling, my brother. Um, my parents were divorced. Is he older or younger? Sorry to interrupt. He's younger. He's three okay. years younger. Okay. Um, our parents divorced when we were little and then my mom got remarried um, and we've only really ever known my stepdad. Okay. And how old was your brother when your parents split up? Um, he was three and I was six. Okay, fair enough. So bring us forward with what happened. Sure. So um, at around 11 years old, um, we didn't know it at the time. We learned about it later. Um, but at 11 years old, my brother started experimenting with alcohol and smoking cigarettes. And then he progressed to um, smoking marijuana Any idea why, Ashley? Any idea, any (sighs) trauma or anything that happened? He's a very um, outgoing kid, a risk taker. And he told us like after school, before baseball practice, some older um, siblings of his friends were like, hey, try this. And he's like, sure. Yeah, whatever. Like I, I'm up for anything. So he started, that's kind of how he started. He um, was self-conscious too. So it was like a way for him to like fit in and find some friends. And that's really what started it with him. And then every time somebody would ask him, hey, like you want to try this next? He never said no. And yeah. Did you suspect when he started? Did your parents suspect? Was there, were there indicators you think? It was maybe about a year into his experimentation that we started to notice things. And it wasn't like a huge change, but his, his attitude started changing. And we didn't know like, is this a teenage thing or is he using, using a substance? And, you know, kind of at first, even me and my parents, we were just like, he's a teenager. (laughs) Like 
they experiment with alcohol. They try cigarettes. Um, he'll grow out of it, but he didn't. And it got to the point where he was addicted to heroin by the age of 17. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Okay. Do you have any idea what was it the group he hung out with that introduced him to more and more drugs is yeah i think he fell into that group because they were very accepting of him um and he felt like at home and so it was just always there always available and he was just willing to try it and he did wow so alcohol pot other drugs and heroin how did you guys find out that he was on heroin? We actually didn't know that he was using heroin until he got into treatment. So there was a 10 year span of him using substances from the time he started till the time he went into treatment. And we knew most of that time that he was using something. We thought it was just prescription pills. And this was before heroin was really on people's radar. So we had no idea. And so when he got into treatment, and that's a story I could talk about in a minute, um, he told us he was using heroin and we were completely shocked. He never injected, so there was no marks or anything, um, but we had no idea that he was using it at all. Okay. So how was he using it? I'm, he was me. snorting it. Snorting it. Okay. That's, that was my next, that was what I figured. So tell us about treatment. How did that happen? How did that come about? So in his 10-year span of using substances, my parents tried everything. They tried counseling. They tried treatment. They tried everything to get him to stop. And eventually my mom said, you know what? I am loving my son to death. I can't do this anymore. He was 21 at the time. And so my parents decided to kick him out of the house. And they said, we are done. Please don't come back. This is your life. You need to figure it out. So about two weeks after they did that, um, they gave him a call and they said, all right, you've been on the streets for two weeks. Like, here's your options. Either you go to treatment and we'll support you or um, you can continue using substances and you're not part of this family. And so he did enter treatment. Um, At first, he will say it was just to get back into their house. But once he started to get sober and find fun and friends, Um, he enjoyed it and he was sober for 10 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So that was from age 21 to 31. Yep. Yep. So what happened then? Do you guys know? Well, when he got sober, um, my family decided to start a nonprofit and really with the goal to provide prevention education, because we felt we didn't really know what to look for. We didn't know what was out there and we didn't know where to go for help. So we started our nonprofit, Your Choice. And for 10 years, we stood on stage and shared our family story. We worked with families to get their loved one help. And what, that, sorry to interrupt you. Was he part yeah. of that? Yeah, he was a hundred percent a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's what we did. We kind of like rebuilt our relationship. And then one day we were driving home. My mom and I were speaking at a conference and we were driving home and we got a call from his wife that he was drunk. And we were like, what? Like we had no idea that he 
started drinking alcohol again. And that happened um, two years ago. And it kind of blindsided us because we've been so close. We spent so much time with him. And then, you know, we went right back into the mode we were in when he was a teenager. And people will say, oh, it's just alcohol. At least he wasn't using heroin, but it wasn't any different for him. The patterns came right back. Yeah. And it, it's been um, a difficult past two years. I can imagine that. Did he, have, did he have kids? Yes, he does. How old are they? Um, one is just turned 12 and one is three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think, so you guys don't know whether he's using something beyond that. You're not really in touch with him, right? No, I'm not. Cause when I found out that he was drinking, um, his son's mother, so his son has a different mother than his daughter. Okay. Um, I told her because I'm like, I love my nephew and I can't let him be picking him up if he's under the influence. So, um, that really drove him away from me, which is fine. Um, so we haven't, but throughout the past two years, we've been trying to help in every way we can, whether it's reaching out to him and saying, Hey, we love you. We want you to get better. Um, he'll say he's better, but then his actions are different. So I really don't have a good pulse on where he's at. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com, or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-314. 7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Okay, and so is he... um... Is he like in touch with the mother of his kids? You guys know? Um he's married to one of them. So and still then, married. Okay. Yes, he's still married. And then the mother of his son, um, it went through a custody battle. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So as as far as you know, it, does he still live with his mm-hmm. his wife? Okay. He still lives in the same town that um I do. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But as far as you guys no, he's still using or you're not sure? Or... I have no idea. You don't talk to his wife either? No. Nope. Is that because is that because she doesn't want to talk to you guys or vice versa? Yeah, I think, um, you know, during the two years of him, when he relapsed, things got really ugly and they kind of wanted to do things on their own, which is fine. And so we as 
sibling and my parents decided that, okay, we're going to be quiet and not interrupt what they have going on because we needed to protect ourselves from everything. So we have decided to distance ourselves from them. Okay. I understood. I, I just, the reason why I ask is because um, our last interview was with a woman who grew up in a home with an alcoholic mother. And, you know, one of the thing, and she now works with kids whose parents are addicted or abusive or what have you. But she said, someone mentioned her one time, oh, they're so young, I don't think they'll remember. And you said that one of his children is three years old. And I, the, there's every reason to believe that the three-year-old absolutely knows what's going on and okay. will remember what's going on. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It is. And I know everybody's different. So one of the things, you know, I've been sharing my story as a sibling for the past 10 years of kind of like how my parents were so focused on him and getting him help that I kind of like lived in the shadows. And while I was going through my brother's relapse, I started journaling and I was working with a therapist because I never healed from that first trauma of his um, addiction. And even when he was sober, the patterns, the unhealthy patterns we had when he was a kid continued, but we didn't see them. We were just so happy to have him sober that we overlooked red flags that we never should have overlooked. But we were just so fearful that if we would say something or do something, he would relapse. <laughs> Understood. Now, what were those red flags? Because those may be things that our listeners have observed and aren't taking note of. Yeah. Red flags in my situation where, where his anger started coming back, which uh. we hadn't seen in a while. Um, very short tempered. Um, he is one to never be late. Like 15 minutes early is late for him. He started showing up late. He wasn't put together in the mornings like he usually was. And those were like my three really big red flags that I noticed now looking back. Right. Right. I mean, hindsight obviously is, is always better. So you guys are still going out and talking. Yeah. So when he relapsed, we, my mom and I, cause my mom works with me, we were like, what do we do? Do we close up shop? Like we've been doing this for so long. We have full calendars and we decided, no, like we've been sharing our story and been honest for the past 10 years. There's no reason to stop doing what we've been doing. So we continue to educate parents and relapse is part of addiction. It's, it's normal. Um, now we just have a little different story than before. And my mom and I have both worked really hard on healing ourselves and learning that it is okay to be happy, even if your loved one is not in a, is not in your life. And I think that was like one of our biggest struggles for us was just as long as he's sober and good, then we're, we're good, but we we weren't good because we were still walking on eggshells. Right. So let me ask you this, since you and your mom go around and talk, what is some of the advice that you give to the people that you talk to? Well, one is everybody says that will never happen to my child. And obviously it can happen to anybody. 
The other piece of advice is we have to um, know the difference between enabling and supporting. Um, and it's not like a huge, like there's no dividing line. It can be a little different for everybody. But for us, if you look at what you're doing for your loved one and you find that um, it's affecting your life, then, or is it helping them move forward in their life? And if the answer is no, then it's enabling. So if I give him money and he decides to use it on something else, that's not helping him. Right. So that we learned. Um, and we also advocate for taking care of yourself. We yeah. think like they'll go get help. They'll get therapy. They'll come back and everything will be fine. But that's that doesn't happen. So as a parent, get therapy, as a sibling, get therapy and really work on yourself because if you're not healthy, you can't help them. I think that's great advice. I think that, I think that's huge. Well, I, for one, sincerely hope that he does get clean and sober again, mm -hmm. because that's what this podcast is all about. I want to thank you for sharing today. Um, give us the website and how people can contact you if they wanted you and your mom. I'm assuming you stay in a certain geographic area? Well, we, with now with webinars, we're able to do a lot through Zoom, Zoom. Um, but we, we do are. travel uh, okay. out of state too. Um, but our organization's website is yourchoiceprevention.org where you can find a whole bunch of resources. And then I uh, just published a book this year called The Shadow Child. Okay. And the first part of my book is my story. So from beginning to end or to where I am now. And then the second part I dedicated, it's a mini toolbox. So for those who are living in this space, there's tools on how to set boundaries, um, ambiguous loss and all kinds of things that people can reference and maybe help them in their struggles as well. Awesome. Give the website again. And is your book available on Amazon? Yes. Okay. Um, good. So give me both so that I, so that they get it. Sure. Um, the website is yourchoiceprevention.org. And my book is called The Shadow Child Living with a Sibling's Addiction. And you can find that on Amazon. I think that's awesome. And I'm so glad that you guys are focusing on prevention and education because that, to my mind, is really the only way we're going to make significant headway in this pandemic. Yes, we need treatment. Yes, we need law enforcement for the bad guys who bring the drugs into the country. But I think that what's really going to make the difference is education and prevention. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yep. I agree. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the interview with Ashley um, Nowakowski. Um, tough, tough road to hoe. If you are a friend or family, loved one of an addict, you know, you know how this goes. And it's, it's rough. It's very rough. I liked what she said about the guidelines for enabling versus supporting and something for you to keep in mind if you have a loved one who's addicted. And yeah, so once again, uh, her website is yourchoiceprevention.org. And then her book is called Shadow Child. And her name is Ashley, and that's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. 
Nowakowski, just like it sounds. So I will put up the cover of the book. You should be seeing it now as I talk. And we'll do another interview again next week. So stay tuned and come back. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.